Hello, folks, and welcome to Got Your Back NHL Edition. LeBron and Rashog. We got a short shift edition for you today, and we're excited about it. Flames general manager Brad Trailiving joins Pierre and I. Had a great discussion about a wide range of topics surrounding a heck of a good start uh, for the Calgary Flames. A reminder that the podcast is brought to you by Cross Country Canada Supplies and Rentals. Cross Country Canada started back in 2014 with just four pals who wanted to offer rentals and supplies to the industry that they were passionate about. And with just a garage and a folding table, they began laying out their plans. And with their connections throughout the oil patch, they quickly gained a reputation as the guys who could get her done. They were growing so quickly, they were bought by an American company in less than a year. But you know what? So passionate about the business, they turned around and bought it back a couple years later. And now it's 100% Canadian owned and operated and they got multiple locations across Western Canada, over 100 employees, and they've diversified into every area of the construction industry. That is Cross Country Canada Supplies and Rentals. So we check in with our good pal Pierre Lebrun, proudly wearing, I feel like we talk about your Dallas apparel every week on the podcast. It's getting old, but you just keep bringing it week after week after week. Well, I just don't own anything else, Ryan. Uh, so it's a bit embarrassing in a way. I, I, I literally, I, I'm going to have to upgrade, uh, you know, my, my clothing line here because there's a star. There's a star on every shirt I own. There is. And you must be feeling so good, like so happy right now. I mean, listen, 6-2 and two is a mighty beautiful place. Of course, it's not 8-0 and oh, like the rival Eagles. So, right. you know. Always room for improvement. That. By the way, uh, uh, we do red card, yellow card, no card on the show every once in a while. And uh, I hope you're ready for what's probably coming Wednesday because as we talked about on the last pod, you (laughs) stating that literally all you have are your suits for TSN and your Dallas Cowboys apparel uh, and basically making it clear on any given date night you might go on, you wear team apparel. Uh, We're going to put that out there for people, Pierre, but I don't think that's going to go well for you. I mean, it is what it is. I, uh, it's that's part of my fabric, man. <laughs> and my wife accepts that. I mean, it doesn't mean that she loves it, but she understands where the Dallas Cowboys are in my life. Yeah, you just got to do you. You just got to do you. Uh, by the way, we'll tell people if you're watching on YouTube, I'm, uh, I'm at the helm running all the controls for this edition of the podcast. So Pierre's every once in a while, Pierre's face gets a little pixelated, and I got to go in and tweak something. So I don't know. Sometimes I'll catch it. And sometimes I won't, but uh, that's what you get when you try and run your own tech stuff uh, on the podcast. Uh, listen, we're going to get to the interview with Brad Trilliving in a couple of minutes, but I want to go around the horn a little bit in some of the Canadian cities yeah. here, Pierre. Uh, so let's do a breakdown brought to you by Pro Hockey Life. And we'll remind you, they've got 16 locations across the country taking care of all your hockey needs. And they really specialize in pro sharpening and repair for your skates. They're expert pro shop technicians can provide you with a wide range of skate sharpening and profile options that best suit your skating style between their professional by hand sharpening or the sparks automatic sharpening machines they'll make sure you walk out with the perfect edge on your skates and if we're going to talk about canadian teams uh, why wouldn't we start with the toronto maple leafs uh, pierre uh, a road trip out west that did not treat them well uh, i don't know what level defcon it's at 
Um, but it feels like those uncomfortable conversations about change are starting to bubble up even more so than they were after the first couple of games. Uh, where do you think things are at in Toronto? What's real? The market and the noise versus internally what's being talked about? I mean, it's only 10 games into the season. So to me, it's premature to even suggest a coaching change. Um, you know, having said that, this team is not playing well. and. Um, the frustration from Sheldon Keep, the head coach, is obvious. It's apparent. It was apparent during the timeout in Anaheim last night. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been apparent in some of his post-game comments since the start of the year, uh, a bunch of times. And I think more globally, from talking to people in other front offices in the summer into camp and heading into the season, it was interesting to hear from a few people that they could feel sort of the pressure that was on the Leafs organization heading into this year in terms of their own interactions with the Leafs, you know, like that's, yep. you know, that, that sort of interesting to me. And, and listen, it's apparent Kyle Dubas, the GM is on an expiring deal. You know, he's a duck GM. It doesn't mean that he can't find himself in the contract if the Leafs finally get out of the first round and go deep, of course. But I like to say, let's start with the facts and then we can go through the rest. That's a fact. He, he's on an expiring deal. And with that, comes a certain kind of white noise because if management or if ownership, sorry, was 100% sure they were going to extend, they would have done it this summer. Let's be honest. Okay. Um, and so that's there. The pressure to finally get this team over the uh, the hump out of the first round. I mean, again, 19 years without winning a playoff series. Yeah. Sometimes I just say it again because I think people forget, especially in other markets. Now, this group of people have nothing to do with you know, the first 12 years or whatever. But nevertheless, in the Austin Matthews era, as I like, you know, let's fair about Brendan Shanahan, Austin Matthews, and then eventually Dubas, Sheldon Keith, they're still 0-4. And so I honestly believe, forget what the media and the fans are talking about today. I think the pressure from the start has been from within, more so than I perceived before with the Leafs. And I think we're seeing some of that right now. Austin Matthews, uh, three goals in the 10 games uh, to open up the season. Um, Checking out his shots here as well. He's got 48 shots in those 10 games, so averaging 4.8 shots a game. He's shooting at 6.3%. I mean, this is the best goal score. That's going to go up. It's going up for sure, but what do you... What do you what are you seeing in the quality of his play and is there concern level just about the overall quality maybe that they're getting from him, let alone production? I, I just think that in his case, once the shooting percentage gets back to any kind of career norm, that the, the goals are gonna come. That that's not a big concern for me. I do think five on five that him and uh Marner and and, and uh, Tavares on another line, they the numbers aren't there. They, they really are relying on the power play. So that's a concern. But the reality is it's on the blue line. They're just yeah. not very good defensively right now. And, and that's affecting every other part of their game. Um, again, I think it's, listen, last year they started, I think, 2-4-1. And, and it was a complete meltdown. Again, the reason it becomes a meltdown isn't just because it's Toronto and it's a big game market. It, it, it's because of the, the spillover from the previous first-round exit every, yeah. every time. And so it just adds a little more, you know, I would say like a lack of patience from the market when they, when they have a tough start. But I honestly believe uh, that, that they are, they are going to get out of this where it leads. I have no idea, but I'm just saying, I I don't think 
I don't think this is headed into a situation where they're going off the rails and they can't fix it. Not, not in my opinion. The only thing that can soothe angry Leaf fans' nerves is playoff wins. And there's no way to get playoff wins uh, right. for quite some time. So every time there's a loss, the nerve gets flicked. Every time there's a win, it is what it is. And relief does not come uh, until April and May. And so it'll be a tumultuous ride with each loss throughout the season. Let's shift over to the West Coast. Uh, you had a chat with Jimmy Rutherford in your article uh, at The Athletic. A uh, little bit of relief for them. A couple of wins can really change everything. But still, the start is nowhere near where they wanted it to be. What sense did you get from talking with Jimmy Rutherford and where their head is at? Uh, two wins and two trades later, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I can do wonder for a market. You know, it's funny, speaking of passionate hockey markets, I mean, Vancouver to me is so unique, uh, the way the fans love their team, but also absolutely went into a meltdown when this team started 05 and 2, right? Um, you know, one of the things that uh, I asked Jim Rutherford was, what are you, what's your vision for this team now that you're in this hole? For the rest of the year, and he said no different than how I felt about this team before the puck dropped for the season, which is that he believes they will uh, uh, contend for a playoff spot. They will be more competitive and that um, that they have the ability to get out of this hole. Um, I really enjoyed our conversation. One of the things, uh, Ryan, and you've interviewed Jim Rutherford a million times as well in your career, is that how calm he was throughout our 20-minute conversation over the right. weekend. Like, like. I'm asking him about the market and the meltdown of the fans and, and, and this and that, and his voice just never, he's very He's not going to get too rattled. No. And it struck me that essentially this is one of the reasons they brought him in. Like, like he's got a first GM in Patrick Alvin, you know, he's got, um, you know, a front office that's been built out. And I think his presence during this, period where they started 05 and 2 and the whole market melted down is is important now at the end of the day he'll be judged like everyone else on the canucks um you know becoming a a, a more competitive organization and, and getting through these rough times these troubled waters but um you know one of the questions that i asked him and i don't know how you feel about this ryan but i asked him i said you know i gotta i gotta say i was a bit surprised when you extended jt miller right because He's the kind of piece that had you moved in the summer that, you know, gets you the kind of assets I think that in many ways the Canucks need, especially in their pipeline. Um, and he had given an answer about why why I shouldn't have been surprised or no one should be surprised because he's not the type of player you should move when you're trying to, to build a competitive team. So I, I think the bottom line is not that I didn't know this, Ryan, but it's always interesting to hear it right from the horse's mouth is that there's no appetite for a gigantic rebuild there. Right. Right. It, it really is about trying to improve bit by bit, trade by trade uh, by making smart decisions, improving that organization while trying to stay competitive, which let's face it is, is, is hard. Conventional wisdom on building a championship team is a rock solid goaltender, which they have in Demko, uh, a world-class defenseman, they have in the making here in in Hughes and real solid depth up the middle which they also you could argue they have they've got pretty good depth up the middle so it's like the spine of the team is there and it's more filling it in along the edges do you need to do a complete rebuild mm -hmm. when you have those core pieces largely in place of course not 
But I agree with you. The Miller thing was interesting. It signaled that it was more about the here and now and that maybe organizationally they felt they were closer than some might have thought they would be or, or where their starting gate mm-hmm. on this retooling actually was. Uh, let's go to Edmonton. So Connor McDavid is absolutely shooting the lights out. A uh, couple of points a game, nine and nine. Just scoring all kinds of goals here. But in net, it's interesting. Uh, what's the pers- I'm in this market. I follow this team every day. What's the perception outside the market on what's happening in net as Stuart Skinner just got back-to-back, not back-to-back starts, but they played three games. They had a back-to-back against St. Louis, Chicago, and then a couple of days later, they had the Battle of Alberta. They gave Skinner the St. Louis game, the tougher of the back-to-back, and then they gave him the Battle of Alberta, which he played quite well, and he won both of those games. What's the perception out there? Well, listen, it would have absolutely been noticed by Toronto Maple Leafs fans that Jack Campbell <laughs> didn't get the Battle of Alberta started. No, I mean, yeah. that's how the world works. And, and uh, certainly, you know, noted by me as well. And and listen, tip of the hat to Jay Woodcroft. I mean, you know, yeah. I sometimes think as a coach, you could probably maybe take the easier way out, right? And say, well, this is the guy management sign. I should probably just give him the start. And he clearly made a hockey decision there. And yeah. said, right now, Skinner's playing better and he's going in and and uh, you know with all that being said knowing that he's going to need both guys throughout the year um but it affords jack campbell a bit of time here i think to just find his legs and uh, and deal with the adjustment of changing organizations but I, I i tell you what 40 saves for skinner saturday night i was watching he was uh he was outstanding and um it's a good problem to have, and I and I hope that people in your market in Edmonton aren't trying to make this a negative thing because Jack Campbell's right. the one making five million. But you need two guys. The, 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 we said this off air, you and I, but the days of riding one guy in goal in the modern NHL, there's a very few teams left that have that kind of guy. Like it really has to be about two guys for the health of the goalie, for the depth, the sports science of it, the analytics. You need two guys. And, you know, I think you always have two guys. Yeah, and I think it, I think it was a gutsy call by, uh, by Jay Woodcroft, frankly, for both of them. You know, to give him the, the first of the back-to-back against St. Louis and then to give him the Battle of Alberta. Right. Uh, yeah, the, I could see how that would be viewed uh, elsewhere. But the truth is, is that I think this is going to go back and forth all year. I think Skinner's going to have some rough patches. I think Campbell will have some rough patches. And I think... I think it sends a message to your team that you're playing for keeps, that it doesn't necessarily matter contract values and lengths and positioning, uh, that this head coach is willing to do what he needs to do to win his team a hockey game on any given night. And I think it needs to make sense to players. If you're in an open competition for playing time, I think it needs to make sense. If you play really well, you need to get that ice time. And I, I think he was just watching what he was happening in front of him and making decisions based on what he saw. And I think there's going to be times where it sways back to Campbell. But the thing to keep in mind, Pierre, like Stuart Skinner was always going to play 30 games this year. This was always going to be like a 52-30 split, right? He's only started three of the nine games. Yeah, and he can't go down, right? So, I I mean, this had to be a year for his development where he couldn't get lost in the shuffle, right? Yeah. No question about it. Okay, that was the breakdown brought to you by Pro Hockey Life. On the other side of the break, we're going to catch up with Flames General Manager Brad Treliving. You're listening to Got Your Back NHL Edition brought to you by Cross Country Canada Supplies and Rentals. We want to tell you about a truly Canadian company. 
Cross Country Canada Supplies and Rentals provides equipment and supplies to all facets of the Canadian construction industry. But what sets them apart is their get-or-done attitude. It's a core value of their company. I've been to the offices. I've seen how they proudly display that on the wall at each branch. Every one of the staff members lives by the get-or-done formula to ensure they'll never let their customers down. They'll bend over backwards to get their clientele what they need when they need it. They don't make excuses. Cross Country Canada takes great pride in this attitude and they truly believe that the success of their customer is their success. You can't get much more Canadian than that. All right, time now for Who's Got Your Back. And this segment brought to you by our friends at Liberty Smart Security, a company that specializes in having your back, high quality advanced smart security systems for your home or your business. Liberty Smart Security uses leading edge technology to protect the things that you value most in your life. Your home is your castle, so protect it. With a Liberty Smart Security System, visit libertysecurity.ca. I've been using a Liberty Security System, a smart home system for the last seven years, and it's awesome. The technology that they have at your fingertips is so cool. It can be as advanced as you want it, like geofencing and cameras and all this remote stuff, or it can be as simple as you want it. On, off, put in your code. Uh, basically, anything you need to protect you, your family, or your business, Liberty Smart Security will help you customize it exactly the way you would like it. So Pierre was a treat having Brad Tree living on. Man, his Calgary Flames are off to some kind of start. You know, you think about the off season and all the changes they made. We wondered how's it all going to fit together, but uh, boy, got out of the gate real fast, real strong, and looked like a contender. Yeah, and you know, I said this last week, but I honestly thought they'd be a 500 team in October, just and not in a way that anyone would have panicked. For obvious reasons, I mean, I mean, those are your top minute guys that left, and top minute guys that are coming back in trying yeah. to find their role. And and to be honest, I mean, we saw Monday uh, Jonathan Ebro on a different line now playing with with Kadri instead of Lindholm. In a way, that is happening, but within the team context, the team hasn't missed a beat. Yeah. So um, it really is impressive that you know, as as Brad Living said, they don't think they're firing on all cylinders, but they're but they're banking points. And yeah. that's a big deal, man, especially in that division with the Oilers and Vegas. You know, we'll, we'll see where all this heads, but you want to bank those points early for sure. How about Daryl Sutter post game the other night? Like Daryl Sutter, you know, he is worth a couple of sound bites a year. Like last year, it was the whole be a waste of eight days thing facing Colorado in the playoffs. He had a couple of other ones that were just off the charts. So if anybody missed the game, Jonathan Huberto left the bench for a little while during the game. And uh, the, the, on the broadcast, they were speculating there might have been an injury of some sort there or whatever. So we're going to let you hear it. Uh, one curse word in here, but it's minor, so we apologize. But Daryl Sutter, postgame, asked about Jonathan Huberto. Left the bench for a little bit in the first period. Are you able to say what it was? I think you'd go take a shot. <laughs> like, just, I mean, classic, classic Daryl Sutter. Like, what did you think when you heard that, Pierre? Uh, well, um, you know, I, I guess he could have said no, I don't know. It yeah. might have been a different way to, to handle that. Uh, a lower but, body uh, yeah. ailment or like. <laughs> <laughs> that's, uh, you know what, uh, there's no BS with Daryl Sutter. Yeah, exactly. Well said, my friend. All right. Brought to you by Liberty Smart Security. Here's who's got your back. Flames General Manager, Brad Treliving. 
Brad, uh, quite the start for your hockey team. And I think one of the things many people are wondering about here today, uh, if your head coach is that blunt in the media, what is he like behind the scenes? Is he as forthcoming and, and blunt with his wording? <laughs> yeah, no, you don't have to necessarily worry or wonder what Daryl's thinking. And I think that's a great trait is uh, I know the the media get a kick out of it, but uh, all kidding aside, I, I think, I think one of his strengths is, is, is clarity, both, um, you know, and, and most importantly, talking with players. I think, I think any player, if you ask a player, the, the, the thing they want the most from a coach is honesty. Um, and sometimes we don't necessarily like honesty. If it's, if it's, you know, if it's, sort of pointing out some things that we can get better at. But, uh, you know, whether it's the players, myself, you know, Daryl's clear in terms of what he he sees and what he believes and, and shares that with not only his players, myself. And, and, and I think it's a, it's a great trait. And it helps us get right to, you know, when we're trying to make decisions, you get, you, you cut through the clutter. So you never have to worry. You never leave a, uh, a meeting with him wondering, I wonder what he's thinking because he'll tell you. Or a press conference without a pretty good soundbite, yeah. I would say. Yeah. <laughs> now, and you, you signed him to a contract extension earlier this season or earlier this month, I guess, um, uh, Brad. And, um, and it's interesting because I think when Daryl came back to coach and uh, at the time he signed a three-year deal, it was like, okay, is, is it to get the program to a certain point and then hand it off again? But I, it's clear to me, and you can tell me, Brad, but won the Jack Adams last year. He's really renewed, I think, his 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 love for his craft, and and uh, I think him agreeing to an extension tells you that uh, he's far from done here. Yeah, absolutely. And um, you know, when I talked to Daryl and and convinced him to come back here, um, you know, it's it's like everything else. I think I think one of the you know he's got lots of energy left, you know, um, and I think one one thing that's underrated with Daryl is is you know, he, he's on top of what the game is today. I think some people may think, well, geez, mm -hmm. when I brought it back, I know the question was always asked, well, you know, when Daryl's been out for a bit, you know, is, is, you know, is, is the game passed him by? And, and that could, that, that mm -hmm. statement could be so far from the truth. You know, he's, um, you know, he stays on top of the trends of what's going on in the league. And, and, and uh, you know, I think he's very progressive in terms of how he analyzes the game, the, the, not only from from how he sees it, and I think one of the greatest traits he's got. If you talk to anybody that's coached with him, um, the game slows down for him. He's able to process what's going on behind the bench without, you know, a lot of people have to go back and, and even myself, on a certain instance, go back and take a look at video. He sees everything that's going on in the game, sort of in real time, able to process it. Um, but he's 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 up to speed in the, with the modern game, and he's very. He's very progressive, um, you know. I think he's got. I think he's got um, some foundational principles that, I, in my mind, never, you know, never go out of style. Um, obviously, he's. Um, I mean, he's demanding of of his players. Uh, he holds people accountable, and he pushes people. And I think you know he's got great structure in how he he goes about building his team. Um, so those those things, I think. Whatever era you, whatever era you're in, um, are important. But he's also very, 
you know, he's very, very up to speed in, in, in today's game and, and, uh, um, you know, his, his track record speaks for itself. So, um, I think he's got lots of hockey ahead of him, uh, Pierre. And, and to me, getting extended was a priority going into the summer. We talked about it, him and I, at the end of last year, yeah. and we're able to do it here, you know, prior to during training camp. Brad, a lot was made of the offseason that you had, the curveballs that you were thrown, and the way that you adjusted and made some pretty high-profile moves on the fly. The one narrative heading into the season was, with so many new parts, how are they going to gel together? That was sort of the question hanging out there, because there was so much change and such big-minute positions in your lineup. Maybe people wondered, how was it going to fit together? Well, the results in the early going here have really been something. And I wonder if even in some ways the extent to which it's all come together and, and worked has even surprised you a little bit. Uh, just doesn't seem to have needed that, you know, two, three, four-month period for people to settle in like we often see. Well, I think your your comment's the right one, Ryan. I, every year you go through transition. I don't care what team you are. You're, you you see three, four, five, six players change over in any any team. The, the maybe the uniqueness of our situation was you're talking about guys at the high end of the food chain here. Um, now, having said that, we'll take the points. We're not going to give them back that we got to this point. Um, the encouraging thing for me is I think we've still, we're still sorting some things out. You know, I, I don't think we're firing on all cylinders here yet. Um, I've, I've been encouraged, obviously, with the returns early. But to me, you know, even when you talk about, you know, some of the, 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 the big, bigger names that have come in, I still think they're finding their way a little bit. Um, I think there's been positive steps each game, even on the last game. We look Saturday night, um, although, you know, a lot's been made in our market about, about uh, Joe, about uh, Jonathan Huberto. Um, I think, you know, he was around it all night. You know, I thought that line, um, although they didn't score, um, they created a lot. There was a lot of opportunities. Um, and I think, you know, you look at him and, and uh, Mackenzie, they, you know, it's a big change when you've been in one place for so long and even the style and the system, systematically, uh, the change, I think they're each day that they get under their belt, um, they're becoming more and more comfortable. So I guess the encouraging thing for, for me, Ryan, is we've been able to bank some points here early. Um, and I still think there's there's certainly another level, both from an individual standpoint and then from a team standpoint mm -hmm. that we can get to. So, um, you know, it's it's been a and we've had some you know we've had some stiff tests every every night. It's it sounds cliche, but it's not. Every night's a tough night in this league. But you know, we we've, we've played some top teams, and like I said, we'll take the points that we've got. But we know we've got uh, we got more to give yet. I think it's it's just surreal how uh, Nazem Kadri's fit in seamlessly so far, Brad. And I, I think back to the story of how you end up with him, not only this summer where he ends up, you know, on the market for so long and still with a ton of interest, obviously, he was taking his time and how it really worked to your advantage that he was still there in August, mm -hmm. that you could sign him. But, but even prior to that, and I know that, this is a delicate one, but when he turned down a trade to Calgary a few years ago, going to Colorado, but it's just interesting sometimes in this game, the path that these things take. And now here he is and he looks like a flame. If you know what I mean, yeah. he just feels like he fills a void 
and it just feels like one of those signings that was meant to be. Yeah, no question. He's fit in. And I think, you know, there's certain guys that fit in wherever, but um, he certainly is our kind of player. Um, I think that that experience he had in Colorado um, and then ultimately winning last year, um, I, he has added almost another layer to him um, with that championship pedigree. I think it's like anything else. I think you know a player quite well. Um, we've had a lot of interest in Nas for a long time, but when you see them every day, there's probably even, you know, more to the player um, than than maybe you envisioned. Uh, you know, his his yeah. skill set. I mean, he's a high end competitor. Um, the preparation that he puts in, um, and then just the skill level. Uh, New is a really good player, but when you get to see it every day, you know, he's got fast twitch hands. His ability to to make plays. Um, his ability to make plays on his own. Uh, make plays for his line mates um, has been really, you know, has been really welcome for us. Um, and then just the preparation that he puts in, he put, he asks a lot of questions. Um, he's a positive influence with his, his line mates, but also demanding, pushing them to be better. Um, and you're right. It's funny how the hockey world, it's a small world. As you guys know, it's a small, small world and, and you never know how things are going to work out. And, and, you know, going back has been well-documented. We had a lot of interest in, in Nas a few years ago. And, uh, you know, we're glad that it worked out. And, and and certainly there's no ill will from last time. I think, you know, Nas and I have talked a lot about it that particular time. You know, he yeah. he, want, he 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 was thinking he was staying in, in Toronto. And, uh, you know, we were fortunate enough how things played out this summer. Um, as you said, Pierre, that by the time we sort of got our house in order, um, you know, he was still there and we were able to get a deal done. So he's been a great addition, um, fit in seamlessly, and, and we're lucky to have him. Pretty good quality of competition in the early going here. Uh, you've beaten Colorado, Vegas, Carolina, Edmonton, and I know you just dropped one to Edmonton. Um, but you faced some pretty stiff competition in the early going here and had pretty good results, Brad. I wonder, is, is there a metric outside of wins and losses that as a general manager, you value and you keep a close eye on some specific metric or analytic that that means something to you that you use to gauge where your group is at. Yeah, for me, really, too, it's 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 ultimately it's your five on five play. I mean, special teams are huge in this league um, and they can win and lose you games, but they'll sort of come and go. Um, you know, they can they you, you can see, <coughs> excuse me, you can see a power play get on a roll. Um, we've been strong on both sides of special teams to start the year, but ultimately to have ultimate success in this league, it's your five on five play. So to me, I, I, I look at our five on five play and I look at our, you know, ultimately our chances for and against, what are we creating and what are we giving right. up? And, you know, you can go through some times where you're getting points, but, you know, ultimately your game's got to be in order, you know, and, and if you're process driven, um, we all know this is a results oriented business. Um, but if your process is proper and that meaning if you, if you're a strong five on five team, if you're limiting chances against and creating chances for ultimately, um, you know, the, the results will follow. So those are things that we, you know, we look at pretty closely and, and, you know, we're a high shot volume team. We like to put a lot of pucks on net. Um, and we like to limit, you know, we don't like to give up a lot of chances. Don't like to give up a lot of shots. So, you know, when those, when those areas of our game are in order, um, 
you know that we're, our game's trending the right way. And, and like I said, we've overall have been happy with, you know, the state of that. I think there's still more, you know, if you look at our five on five play for the most part, it's been good. It's, it's the finishing part that is still got to come a little bit. Um, but ultimately, you know, we've got enough people in, in our lineup, I think that can, can finish if we're creating enough, ultimately those, you know, those, those results will follow. So, um, lots to, lots to continue to work on, but for, for the most part, um, I've liked where our game's been at. So Brad, th- this year's, uh, a version of, uh, what's going on with the top pending UFA is out in Boston with David Pasternak. And I was thinking of you the other day. Last year with Johnny Goudreau, and I was thinking with every update in Boston and what's going on with those talks, you know, it's a big story in Boston. I was wondering if you picked up the phone, chat with Don Sweeney and said, it's all yours, buddy. You got it this year. See you later. No, I'm just <laughs> kidding. But but it's, uh, you know, it, it, can you talk about the pressure involved in that kind of thing and, and, and also the fact that in replacing Johnny Goudreau and obviously Matthew Kachuk, you didn't just acquire top players, you signed them. And, you know, how much of that was, did you know you could pull off as you're making, especially the trade with Florida, that you're you're not replacing a problem with another, in other words. You have to make sure you had some stability there. Yeah, those are always tricky, and especially in a Canadian market, as you guys know. Um, Yeah. You guys tend to ask the odd question. Um, Come on now. And... uh, (laughs) But I think, you know, you, you try to manage that process, right? And, um, yeah. you know, ultimately, a deal's got to work for both sides. And, and you can use all the cliches you want. But, you know, mm-hmm. the, once you get into the season, you're trying to, the job as a manager is to try to, um, you know, limit limit the obstacles as you possibly can and, and direct the focus on the team. And, um, you know, we knew when we made that, you know, First of all, you were going through the process with the trade in Florida and, and, and evaluating the different opportunities that were available to us. We felt strongly that the, the deal in Florida was the one not only that was the best out there for us, but the one we wanted to pursue. But we also knew that that it came with, um, you know, some questions of both both Joe and, and, and Mackenzie were in the final year of their contract. So I'd be lying to you mm-hmm. if I told you at the time of the, the, the deal that we knew we were going to get both signed. It certainly was our intention. We communicated that to both camps um, and then we got, you know, we got into the process of talking to, to, you know, both the players and their representatives and, um, you know, we were able to get deals done, but I, I don't think you get just a deal done at all costs. You know, at the end of the day, it's got to, yeah. we, 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 mm-hmm. we live in a cap, we live in a cap world. Uh, we live in a cap world that's been flat for the most part uh, the last couple of years. You know, there's going to be, you know, there's projected to be a little bit of growth, hopefully more growth uh, than we anticipate coming in the future. But those are all things that you have to take into consideration. So uh, when we did that deal, we knew, listen, we're acquiring some really good players. Uh, we knew their contractual status. We communicated early that, you know, our, our intention is to get the get these players signed. We were able to get Joe done, you know, within probably the next few weeks. I can't remember how long it was. And then, you know, brought McKenzie in and, and negotiated with his, you know, his representative over the over the course of what was the remainder of the summer and, and into training camp. And we're able to get that done. So, um, you know, in a cap situation, there's it's a pie, right? And there's only you, you have to distribute it as, as best you can. We're excited that we've got both players done, um, that we don't have to answer those questions. 
Um, <laughs> but you don't do it just so that you you get rid of a narrative. You know, we felt it was it was important to get both players signed, and uh, and we're glad that they're under contract. Yeah, no, no kidding. Definitely puts a different uh, spin on the trade with both guys locked up. Uh, the way you managed to get them. Before we let you go, Brad, as you know, the name of the podcast is Got Your Back, and we love asking people about their uh, Got Your Back story. Um, so when I throw that idea at Brad Trilliving, uh, who had your back? Well, I'm lucky I've had a lot, but probably most recently, I'd have to tip my hat to uh, to my daughters. As we talked about, oh. it was a busy summer, and... Um, I'll probably be crucified for this. I may or may not have forgot about a wedding anniversary on a certain day in the summer until oh I had two teenage daughters that, you know, sort of uh, looked after that for me and kind of wow. dug me out of a huge hole. So uh, wow, I'm gonna have to uh, I'm gonna have to give the nod to them. Usually not that, you know, don't crucify me, Ed. I'm usually pretty good on that stuff, but. We had a little bit going on around in July. A few that, things. And, yeah, a few uh, things going on. And uh, good for them. Also, so really, in the end, you didn't forget, though. What you're saying is you didn't forget. Well, no, I totally forgot. And they just okay. kind of said, yeah, <laughs> uh, It wasn't a special that. one. You it wasn't want, a special no, one, was no, it? It, it? It wasn't like a 20th or something? Or? No, no. It, uh, 20, I think it's 20, 22 years, 22 now. Right. And, uh, but it was, uh, you know, they kind of gave me a, hey, you know, dumb dumb. You hear, guess what you forgot to do today? But we got you covered. Got some flowers. Made sure everything looked wow. after. So that's good amazing. Girls. Yeah, good girls. Yeah, no kidding. Right raised raised them well. Raised yeah. them well. Yeah. Brad, we really appreciate your time. Lastly, uh, I'm always fascinated by what the whiteboard in a general manager's office might look like, and I'm wondering if just for the benefit of this interview, if you cleared yours off, because the whiteboard behind you has nothing on it. I always envision there's names and numbers and sounds. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff on it. It's actually covered up. It's not cleared oh, off, but it? that's a uh, screen that's pulled down. So uh, oh, I didn't want to be caught move. on a video with, you know, hey, look what's in the yeah. background. So we've got a we've got a little trick screen that pulls down. So very smart, very smart. Yeah. Well, Brad, listen, congratulations on a great start. I look forward to seeing you uh, on the trail here soon, and really appreciate you taking some time for us. You bet. Thanks, guys. And a big thanks once again to Flames General Manager Brad Trailiving. That'll wrap up this week's Got Your Back Short Shift Edition. Big thanks to our sponsors, Cross Country Canada Supplies and Rentals, as well as Pro Hockey Life and, of course, Liberty Smart Security. A full-length podcast coming your way on Wednesday. Mystic Mike Johnson is going to join Pierre and I. We'll take a look back at what was the first month of the National Hockey League season. Thanks for your downloads and your subscriptions, folks. We really appreciate your support. Leave us a review on iTunes if you have a couple of extra minutes. Tell your friends. Subscribe if you haven't already. I look forward to talking to you in a couple of days. Have yourselves a fantastic day, folks. Cheers.